This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 46, Our Faith Journeys. Hey, Becky. Hey, yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We are so glad that you are here. You know that we feel that way because we say it every time and we mean it every time. Every and time. And I feel like my voice is a little raspy. I want to apologize in advance. You should. I may or may not have been screaming on some roller coaster rides recently, and my voice is still recovering, recovering from, from that, huh? the X2 specifically. My voice <laughs> you know sounds Magic Mountain. <laughs> delightful because I just sucked down an Italian soda yet again. Okay, you guys need to know that Becky has a new theme in her summer, and it is all about the Italian soda. Because it's so hot in Phoenix, I don't want to eat food. Like, I'm not... I want to I'm eat food. Perpetually not hungry in the summer because it's like <laughs> I hear so that that's a thing for like, people. Just having an Italian soda is like the right caloric intake, and it's just. I just so want to know how to be one of those people that doesn't want food in the summer. I want food every single day of the year and all day long. I like food, and that's summer good. just being hot doesn't make me want food less. It really doesn't. I don't really? want soup as much as I would want salad, but I still want all hmm. the food. You know. Maybe go in a sauna for a few hours and see, <laughs> no. see if that does anything. We live in the sauna. Actually, that's not true. Well, we live in a dry sauna, but it is not, it is, we don't have humidity here until recently. Do you remember we got that rain a couple nights ago? Oh, dude. It is monsoon Do I season. remember? Yeah. And it's, so it adds some moisture to the air and it just kind of makes it a little muggy. So you take our, you know, 110 degree temperatures yes. and add a little humidity and it's, death. I still want to eat, it's but... Death. And to be honest, we're talking about this because I'm just feeling, I'm at that point in the summer where I'm just a little bit demoralized by the heat. Yeah. I imagine it's like when friends have, live in cold places and it snows at like the end of April and you're just like, yeah, yeah. We lived in a place where it snowed in April and in May, Mm. Cleveland, Ohio, man. It was, it was rough. And so yeah, no joke. Yeah. No joke. Okay. We're really looking forward to this topic. Like we've been so excited about this and really honor that it's a, um, it's a tender topic in a good, positive, beautiful way. And we're just excited to share it with you. So before we get to that, let's share one of the reviews that was left for us on iTunes, because we continue to feel so grateful for the things that you guys are saying and the way that you are sharing about the podcast with your friends. So thank you for that. This is from Joss.one. And she says the holy grail of podcasts of all the podcasts out there. She says, this is the one I continue to listen to. Some podcasts are good for one or two episodes, but cultivate a good life. Every episode is amazing. I find myself nodding in agreement, laughing out loud and getting goosebumps from feeling motivated. When I need some girl time and inspiration, I look forward to listening to Becky Squared. You are what you listen to. Ooh, that's good. I like that You one. are what you listen to. Ooh, sorry. I'm just like soaking that in because I believe that that is true for you are what you scroll on social media too, by the way. Or read or okay. watch. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. So sorry, going back to what she said, you are what you listen to and I'm becoming a, met, a much better version of myself because of their quality content. I only want to fill my time with the best things and I'm intentional about what I bring into my life. So truly, I thank you so much for the light you two bring. Thank you. That was such an awesome review. Yeah, that's really kind. And it means a lot to us. And we hope that that's exactly what it is for everybody, that somehow their life is better and sweeter 
because of being intentional with what they listen to. And we're grateful to be on your short list of things that you listen to. So thank you for that. Love it. Okay. Let's hear a quick, a quick word from this week's sponsor. Something we've both always believed in terms of decorating is that we should surround ourselves with items that uplift and inspire us, items that remind us of our priorities and that are aesthetically lovely in a personal way. One brand that we are very fond of is Latter-day Home. Owen and Ashley Mortensen is a husband-wife duo that started their little company in their basement five years ago. And you know we love a good startup and supporting homegrown businesses. Plus, their stuff is just really awesome and right in line with our core values. Latter-day Home can be described as fresh-inspired design. And their goal is to offer inspiring art and home decor that is on or ahead of trend. And that will also inspire your faith in Christ and His gospel. They have stunning art prints from renowned artists and have recently partnered with Deseret Book to design a full line of home decor, which you can find in any of those 33 stores or, of course, on latterdayhome.com. Keep an eye on our Instagram stories where we are going to share a few of our favorite things from this awesome brand in our homes. In the meantime, go check out their Instagram at latterdayhome and pick up something for your home or as a gift at latterdayhome.com. Use the code BECKY15 and you'll save 15%. So guys, if you listened to the very first episode that we ever recorded, remember when the microphones were backwards? backwards. Yeah, not a big deal. (laughs) But you know the story of how the podcast came to be and how Becky and I met and connected. And you might remember that the night that we were out as couples... Taylor and Becky and David and myself, and we were chasing after a thunderstorm. Do you remember that? Heck yeah. So we were chasing after a thunderstorm because it was monsoon season, just as we mentioned a a minute ago. And it is monsoon season again. And we were just thinking about how that's around the same time that we talked about it. And Becky, you remembered that this is literally the week. This is the one year anniversary at the time that we're recording this, that it was exactly a year ago that David prematurely... (laughs) David <laughs> brought up the idea that I blurted had it out. <laughs> he blurted it out. He made me tell you before I was ready mm-hmm. that I felt really inspired to invite you to do this podcast with me. And, and then the rest is history. So the reason we bring that up is because it, kind of thinking about it being a year ago that we had that conversation and that really we took what I think is a total leap of faith. Um, it's a good time to talk about faith because really at the core of everything that you and I choose to do, because hello, by the way, the podcast was not something that you or I necessarily even had time to do. We it did was not so not on the thing. radar. No. And when we talk about like, when we tell you that story about the podcast or we, we say a lot of things, you know, we were guided, we were directed to do something. We felt prompted, we felt to, do prompted to do yeah. something. I mean, this podcast prompting that both of us kind of had was so out of left field and I cannot believe that it was a year ago like I can't either and it still took from that conversation till the time we launched was what three months it was quick it was it was not that long and um and it was a whirlwind but it was one of those times where we knew we were supposed to do Mm -hmm. something and we totally tapped into our faith and then took that faith which led to action which then led to the podcast well, and that really is the theme I feel like that you and I both carry in our whole life. Mm-hmm. There are several things, many, many things in both of our lives and our individual paths that we've done because of our faith and not because we thought of something on our own. And I'm not, I mean, if I was to like be totally in charge 
of all the great things in my life. <laughs> my life is so much better than I ever like could have yeah. even created for myself. Do you right. know what I'm saying? I do. There are things in my life that I never would have even known to like dream for or reach for. And, and that's where the faith in, in the action comes in. Mm-hmm. So if you follow me on social media, I was um, sharing a couple weeks ago uh, my conversion story about my story um, with my relationship with God and my childhood with religion and then falling away from religion entirely and then finding a place um, that felt like a really good spiritual home for myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited because the stories we're going to hear today from Becky, I don't know that I've even heard. Oh, it sounds like I have a list of stories I should be staring. You better get real profound real fast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, here's the thing is like, as Becky was sharing on social media about her own personal journey in faith, it really caused me to think about my own journey. And as a documenter, you guys know that that's what I live and breathe. I have, I have definitely sprinkled all bits of my faith in our family yearbooks and in the journals and in the scrapbooks and all of that. And it's fine. But as you laid out your story, like your actual story, I realized, I don't think that I've written my story and it caused me to think about my own journey. And that's why we wanted to record this episode because really at the end of the day, this episode isn't about Becky and her story, and it's not about me and my experiences and my own faith. It's really more about you. It's really about more you, the listener, and your own personal journey and faith, whether you feel like you have a lot of faith or you're just beginning or you feel lost or you feel complete or wherever you are, we invite you to just honor where you are and recognize that your story and your experiences are very unique to you and very, very important. And We want you to really tap into that more than anything. Now, having said that, we will share some of our own personal experiences and, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying a minute ago before, I think Becky, we should start with your story. I think it's great to have you kind of like share what your experience was. But before she does that, I, I just want to reiterate that I think the reason why we feel so compelled to share this is that as you guys listen to us week after week, And you've really gotten to know us better. And most of you follow us on Instagram. So you really get a sense of who we are. We just aren't who we are without our faith. Right. Both of us individually, separate from each other. And then of course, together, we were very unified in our faith, but it's been such a journey for both of us. And we just aren't who we are without our faith. And so it would feel weird to not share this part of us. And so... Um, I think it's really, it, we might as well sh- share this part. We are both members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This episode is not going to be an outline of everything that we believe. And here's right. you know our set of beliefs and things like that. So if you are not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or if you are simply curious to understand, like, what do we believe? Like, what's the foundational core values of members of this church, come unto Christ.org is an excellent overview of what we believe. And it has incredible articles and resources and, um, and it's all there and we invite you to check that out. So I just want to kind of put that out there because that's, yeah. that's the church that we belong to. And, let's- and I know for myself and I can pretty confidently speak for Becky too. If you ever have questions about, about the faith or religion that we are in, we are happy to answer any slash totally. all questions, even if you think they're like 
weird weird uncomfortable uncomfortable awkward um (laughs) one thing i will say though is the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints is a christian religion and so a lot of the themes of our faith um you know when you break it all down when you look at the world as a bunch of people like all the different expressions of christianity they all have that the common thread of faith in the savior in jesus christ and um and and our church is no different right so well it's he he is the center of everything and he is who we believe leads this church and um and he means everything and he rules and he Just rules <laughs> he's the best he's the best he ever. is the best thing ever he is the best ever that has ever existed um okay so back let's let's hear your let's hear your story why don't you share with everybody um kind of the I want to say the short version, meaning like you sum yeah. it up in 20 minutes or something, but because the long story could like be, let's sit around the campfire and talk for days. It's like <laughs> talking about a journey of faith. Like you could talk about that for the rest of your life. For I sure. Mean, there's been so many things, um, that have happened in my life on my journey of faith. And I love the word journey because it's not like, oh, I was lost and then I'm found and now I'm good forever. That's just not, that's just not the reality. And I think sometimes we get very confused about, about there being like this end goal when really like it is about the growth. It is about the journey. And that is kind of what we want to talk about and what we want to honor here. So I was raised, um, in a religious household, um, not a member or not, um, of the same faith that I am now. And we were very strict. I say that in a good way, like very strict with our observance to this religion. And, and I'm so thankful for it. Like it's seriously from a young age, I knew who Heavenly Father was. I knew who Jesus Christ was. And I was able to start exploring my relationship kind of with them as I read the Bible um, in my youth, as I grew up and um, kind of like matured and, and thought about how this all fit into my life and what I, what I thought was true and what I didn't think was true. And... Um, it was great. It was a really good foundation, I think, for, for my spiritual journey in my adult life. But as I got older and, and went to college, um, I had a lot of questions about like, well, what about this? Well, in my mind, I feel like God's character is this. It's empathetic. It's the, the doctrine of families. I feel, like I just had so many questions about like the afterlife or what that meant or And I wasn't, I was not satisfied with like vague answers about it. And so I fell away from that church and I kind of was like, I still loved God. I still loved Jesus Christ, but I just didn't really find anything that felt like an expression of what I felt. Like when I say expression of what I felt, I meant like, I felt like I knew Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, like their character and I hadn't found a place that like fit what I kind of felt based on my relationship with them. That makes sense. And so I was like, I used to say like, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think kind a lot of, of people say that. So yeah. yeah, that's a, and I mean, at the heart of it, spirituality, your religion should be an expression of your spirituality. And so, and so I just kind of went throughout my life and to be honest, like nothing was really missing. Like I was happy. I had a great life. Um, and, and then one day I was working at Disney and I met a a girl who was new and she was like a little bit 
different. I could just tell there was something different about her. And because I'm a person who, let's be honest, likes to talk and likes to, <laughs> you know, welcome people in. Very um, friendly. We were at a dinner and I just started asking her questions about herself to get to know her. And um, she was from Utah, which I knew like nothing about Utah, except that Mormons live there. Which it's not really something we say, but really that's only, I had no reference of like, yeah. I think the Olympics had been there like the year before. So maybe I like oh, kind of knew. Interesting. I, I don't know. And context for those of you who may not have caught onto this before, Becky was born and raised in upstate New York. So sure was. So the other side of the country. And then, yes. and then this whole Disney experience, just so again, context for people, you were in Florida. I was in Florida. Yeah. yeah. So, and so I asked her some questions cause literally, you know, like when you, you meet somebody from like Alaska and then you ask them like the one thing you know about Alaska, like, so is it cold? So is everyone homesteaders? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? And so I asked her like the one thing I knew about Utah and, um, I think she was a little surprised. And then she was just telling me like the basics of her faith. And, um, and when she started to explain it, I was like, oh, wow, that sounds, that sounds cool. Like, I love that families are the center of, you know, the, the core um, unit in your church. Like, I thought that was really cool. And, and the more she started talking to me just about her faith, I thought, man, that's, that's, like, interesting to me. And to be honest, I'm kind of an intellectual when it comes to religion. Like, I love learning about all kinds of religions. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very intellectually... It's interesting to Mm -hmm. me, and I firmly believe that every religion has truth in it somewhere, and so I just love to learn learn about that kind of stuff, and so as I was talking to her, um, I just started to like have, I describe it as like feelings kind of bubble to the surface where I was like, wait a minute, like what's happening here, Mm. and and I just wanted to learn more because I like learning. Learning is a really good thing. And, um, the more I learned, the more I realized that this religion, this church that she was telling me about was totally like an expression of what I already felt like I knew Mm -hmm. about God, about who he was, about our role as his children, about the savior's role. And it, it was like, I was remembering and, and there's this quote that says, you don't learn truth, you remember it. And that's exactly how it was. Like I wasn't learning new things, like I was remembering. And so it felt very natural to me. It felt like it totally aligned with what I had always thought and felt. And so it was very, very easy for me then to make the decision to be baptized and and find my like spiritual home in the church. How old were you, by the way? I was 21. Okay. When I got baptized. Okay. And I remember first getting baptized and it was amazing. And I was so happy to like have made this step in my life of like finding, you know, a place to worship and, and a way to grow, to grow spiritually and to become closer to Heavenly Father. And um, one thing that I just want to touch on right now is that I feel like sometimes in our church and probably in every church, there is like, there might be some thoughts about, about our spiritual journeys needing to be the same, hmm. right? Like you mean like hearing other people's experiences and thinking those yes. should be like our experiences? Like, well, if it was, if I thought it was true, I would feel the way she feels mm-hmm. or 
I would have been like born into it if it was meant for me. Like that's, that's just not how it is. And I've even heard people say to me like, oh, you're so lucky that you're a convert because you got to experience like the other side. And, and it kind of makes me laugh because I'm like, A, like my journey, I love every piece of it. I know that I, my faith journey and how I, how I was able to be strengthened in my relationship with Heavenly Father the situation I was raised in, my family, every everything that led up to this decision of being baptized was exactly how it needed to be for me. Like it was such an individual thing that I feel like we are all put in situations to get us to the point where we can have our maximum spiritual experience. And for me, like, yeah, I pass through some really hard stuff to like get to the point of, of being willing to like align align my heart and, and my life with God. And we all have our own journey though. Like you're, you know, your upbringing is totally different. You were born into a church Mm -hmm. that like you totally found your spiritual home at a young age. Like you knew that where you were was where you were supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And that's so great because for you, that was what brought you to like a really close relationship with heavenly father. Absolutely. And I think that's a really good point to emphasize that because it is, um, fascinating, interesting, and admirable to hear other people's stories and journeys, but we just don't, we want to be careful to not think or expect that our experiences need to look like someone else's or to judge someone else's experience. Because I think that one of the things, um, that I think is the most beautiful gift that heavenly father has given us is our ability to choose. And it's not a gift that like, it was a default gift. Like we got a body and we like he insisted on our free agency on our ability to choose and to explore and to discover and to learn and as we are all on our own faith journeys i think there is such a level of empathy and understanding and respect that needs to happen um to allow other people to be on their journeys of faith mm-hmm. like it does not look one way and we don't know we don't know the best way for people to find like fulfillment and happiness that's like god's role and and when we're looking at our faith journeys at other people's faith journeys you know there's i have had friends who have been raised a certain way and struggled to like reexamine what they thought was true in their adulthood and power to them. Like they're, they're actively looking for truth, right? It is not up to us to judge what is the right way. Amen to that. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We have to be really careful about judgment and all of this for sure. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. I just can't agree with you more. Anyone is seeking that is just such a good thing. And the character of God that I know, my heavenly father, he is, he loves development, right? Like he loves our ability to, to learn and to dig in and to, to seek and to find. And that is, that's a good thing. Like that's a really, really good thing. And I don't ever want to discourage anyone from that ever. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So when I got baptized, um, my life was kind of like now refocused. I had, um, I had like a set of, of things I was going to do. I had like, I had a home, I had like a church, a spiritual home. And it was so, so, so scary slash awesome slash. (laughs) And just like we were talking with the podcast, like that was such a leap of faith. 
like scary and awesome also I had to learn <laughs> exactly scary slash awesome yeah. most things in life that uh, have been really important. fantastic uh-huh. scary slash awesome right yeah right all of it and I had to learn to like we always talk about nudges right I feel like every human being on the face of the earth has that thing deep inside them that when they hear truth when they see truth or when they feel truth like the truth inside of you is drawn to the truth that you're hearing but you have to be very in tune to listen to that because it can be like a disorienting feeling if you haven't ever felt Mm. it before and when I had that I had to learn to like really listen like really really listen to to the feelings that were going on inside of me because that feeling the faith that truth calling to truth was what led to action but it took a lot of faith to act on that I want to share something that I heard recently that ties into what you're saying and um and there is a man who is a phenomenal speaker his name is uh Dale G Rinland and we're going to link to his whole article in the show notes but he um, gave an address, a talk called Abound with Blessings, and he talks about so many amazing things. But he talks about and says, most blessings that God desires to give us require action on our part, action based on our faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in the Savior is a principle of action and of power. And I feel like the connection to what you're saying and this is that I believe that most of us desire goodness. We desire light in our life. We desire blessings. We desire all of these Happiness, things. Happiness, joy, peace, yeah. all. Yes. But it, re- it requires action on our part. We cannot just wish for mm. these things. We can't just hope that, you know, that will happen in our life. Yeah. Faith requires action. It just does. There's just no way to even argue that point. It requires action. And so what I'm hearing from you as you share your experience is that not just the choice to be baptized for you, but even from that point on, and I would dare say every single day of your life. Every day, yes, yes. <laughs> for you and for me and for everybody, right. we make choices to take action or to not. Mm-hmm. To take action that then brings about these things that we hope and wish for. Right? There's, there's actually a great story um, that illustrates this. And it's about a man who was drowning. He's in the middle of the ocean and he's drowning and he says a prayer and he says, God, save me. Please save, save me. Like I promise I'll dedicate my life to you. Like, please save me. And a boat comes by and he waves him on because he's, you know, praying to God to he's save waiting him. waiting for God to save him. He's right? waiting for God to save him. Another <laughs> boat comes by and he waves him on. Another boat comes by and then he drowns. And he gets to heaven and he says, God, I like, I don't understand. I told you, like, I just wanted you to save me so that I could, you know, dedicate my life to you. And then God looks at him and is like, yeah, you dummy. I sent you three boats. Like, are you serious? You said no three times. And it just illustrates that point of like, things don't fall into your lap, right? Like you have to be actively seeking. If you want to find truth, you need to actively be seeking truth in whatever that means to you. For me, that was reading my Bible, which is what, what I knew, you know, it was, it was a scripture text that I knew and that I knew I could find truth in. I read that to find truth about where to go, where to go next when Mm -hmm. I found, um, when I was baptized. Um, I think it's really interesting because if you think about this, this, thing we were talking about agency right our ability to choose I feel like it is such an expression of heavenly father's trust in us agree and in our ability as human beings Mm -hmm. to seek and to find 
he knows we can do it. Yeah. And he wants us to do it. And that's why he's insisted upon us seeking and finding. So I love what you said. You cannot be complacent in your seeking. It's not like I've heard people say, well, if God wants it to happen, he is going to make it happen. And I'll say, yes, he will. Of course. As he finds you on the road of action. Yes. Doing all you can. Yes. Right? Exactly. That's why that talk from um, Elder Rinland is so beautiful because he talks about, um, he gives a whole analogy of like a campfire and how that match can be sitting right next to the kindling and the wood and the everything. But unless you actually strike the match mm-hmm. and touch it to these materials, right. there will be no fire lit. Right. It just doesn't work that way. And I'm paraphrasing, of course, he's way more eloquent in the way that he shares the analogy in the story, but faith without works is dead. Yeah. I can't think of the scripture reference for yeah. that, but we know that and it's in the Bible and it's true. It's totally true. And I wanted to say about the three boats that came and I was giggling just cause I'm like, that's such a silly like thing. Cause we can see as we talk about well, the I think story, anyone can as like, hear it, they're like, yeah, you idiot. Like right. there are three boats. But to the point of that story, sometimes, sometimes it's not obvious, but sometimes there are cues and nudges and things in our life that are so obvious and that's where the action come in, yeah. comes in is like, it can be right in front of your face, what you need to do or not do or stop doing or start doing or how to treat someone or what decision to make. And it's totally up to us. That's the gift of agency. It's totally up to us how we choose to act or not act. Isn't that just the greatest thing ever? We it have really that agency. Is. It is the greatest. It's the greatest expression of love. And, yeah. and I think also too, we get stuck in like thinking like we know how God would be like, well, I'm sure if God was going to bless me, this is how he would do it. Mm-hmm. Instead of like sitting back, being active in our life, and then allowing, like being open to the possibilities, right? Like we we almost pigeonhole, like, well, he could just pluck me right out of the water with his big spiritual arm, or he could send a human being in a boat. On a boat. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And so yeah, it's about it's being true. open and looking for that, looking for that evidence of truth, that seeking and yeah. finding so one of the one of the scriptures from the Bible that I love in Matthew twenty two, um, Jesus Christ is speaking to the Pharisees, which the Pharisees were like the bougie, like quick talking, like really learned spiritual intellectual people, and they were using like super like fancy words to try to like trip up the Savior, like to to get him to like contradict himself or whatever, mm-hmm. and he stops them. Like he stops them and he says, thou shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And then he continues, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shall love thy neighbor as thyself. And in our house, we always joke, like we don't worry about anything else because we are still working on being really good at that first commandment. Like we're going to love God. We don't have that one down yet. And we're going to love our neighbors. When we have (laughs) perfected that, we're going to move on to, to other things, but we haven't. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I love this because it talks about love God, obviously. And then it says we're supposed to love our neighbor. But if you kind of like read into the second half of that, it says thou shall love thy neighbor as thyself. And that implies that we're supposed to love ourselves. Like we're supposed to love God, love our neighbor, and love ourselves. Very intertwined too, all of it. All of it is mm-hmm. intertwined. And um, I actually wrote a post last week about like 
how self-help fits in with the gospel. And it goes to this whole thing we're talking about that learning is good and, and self-help. There have been some amazing resources I have found that have helped me with that third part of that commandment, loving myself mm-hmm. and, and being able to do all I can actively to be in a place where I can see the blessings of God all around me. So I love, love, love how Christ is like, as they're getting really complicated with doctrine and like, but wait, this says this and that means this and you're contradicting yourself. He stops them and he's like, dude, love God, love and serve your neighbor and love yourself. Period. Period. It's not complicated. It's really not complicated because you can live in that commandment for the rest of your life. And that is what the Proud Fit family does. It's because I'm like, there is so, there's so much, um, chatter about about religion and it can be very divisive Mm -hmm. if you allow it or on the flip side it can be very unifying if you allow it like I said a lot of Christian religions have that same thread of of doctrine going through it and I love it and I'm going to love God and love my neighbor and love myself because that's how I find peace and happiness in my life that's how I'm able to move forward and I love it I love that Thank you. And and I love that story from the Bible. I love that that is how Jesus Christ lovingly was able to shut it down. He's able to break it down and be like, <laughs> for the love. Could we just focus on what matters here, please? Right, right. I know. And that's one of the many, many reasons I look to Jesus Christ as like the perfect example and everything is an example like that which also involves the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. He's all about simplicity. He really doesn't want to complicate things. Sometimes when I feel my life is getting a little convoluted Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it doesn't even have to be crazy. And kids and school and work and Mm -hmm. everything that makes up our life. Yes. Yes. All normal stuff. And that's totally fine. Good stuff even. But I'll tell you, there's nothing that brings me greater peace then when I am, there's a scripture, be still and know that I am God. When I just take time to be still and remember that God is God, that I have a loving heavenly father that has a plan of happiness for not just me, not just my family, not just members of the same church that I belong to, but for every single person on this earth, there's nothing that brings me greater peace than realizing that that's really it. That's it. And the simplicity in the gospel is like you're saying, just the the great commandment of loving God and loving each other and loving ourselves. It really just begins right there. And yes, there are intricacies and and doctrinal details and things that we can get involved well, but in. But it's all programs things to help you accomplish that. Yes, those are what, all things designed yep. to help you accomplish that. And if you're in a place where you're feeling like prickly about religion, like religion isn't perfect like we're people and it's it's human beings like it is it's a bunch of people working together to do the best that they can right to accomplish the loving god and loving the neighbor and and if you're feeling yourself in a place of like defensiveness Mm. religiously Mm -hmm. like take a minute step back like becky said be still and know that i'm god like god has this Mm -hmm. he's got it and the greatest part Besides the fact that, you know, it, it saves us from our sins, that Christ, the only person who is able to judge is Christ because he, because he died for us, right? Because he has all the facts. 
we can't judge because we don't have all the facts. He has all the facts of everybody's everything for all time. We don't even have to concern ourselves with judgment or with divisiveness because we need to love God. Isn't that a relief? It is such a relief. It's such a relief because it's way too easy for us as humans. It's very natural for us to get caught up in judgment Mm -hmm. on both ends. Yes. Being judgmental and feeling judged. Or even judging ourselves. Yeah. Like it really is. And, And as I have, you know, after I got baptized, it's not like happily ever after. Amen. Like that's of course not like, you know, I've had some crazy ups and downs and peaks and valleys that I'm sure I'll continue to have because it's, it's my journey of my life and my faith journey. But I will say this is that as, as I have had that grounding influence of being, of knowing that God is the most invested in my life, more, he's more invested in my happiness than I am. And at the end of the day, yes, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a friend, but my faith before it's with me and my husband and heavenly father, although, you know, of course, you know, I love, I love that element of faith in my marriage. If my husband totally decided that he didn't believe God was real, or if, if my kids, like, it doesn't matter what happens because my first relationship is between me as a singular human being, as a daughter of God, me, Becky, with Heavenly Father. That's it. Those other things are secondary to that. And so no matter what happens around me, in my family, with trials, with a spouse, with a parents, it doesn't matter. Anything can happen because my spiritual relationship isn't grounded on the community of my church. My spiritual relationship is grounded on on Heavenly Father and our relationship together and my relationship as a child of God. And I think when we break it down like that, it becomes a lot more simple, Mm -hmm. right? Like it doesn't matter what anyone's doing around me. It matters where I'm sitting in my truth and how, how I am growing my relationship and continuing on that faith journey. I've thought about that. You and I have talked about that. And I, I don't know that I've had a friend in my life um, that has articulated that the way that you have. And ever since I heard you say that for the first time, just in our private conversations, um, over the, especially in the past year, I've really taken that to heart and thought about that in the same way. And I have come to feel so much truth in that perspective, which is that truly any choice that my husband or children or you for that matter, or my team or my very best friends or church leaders, Mm-hmm. anyone, anyone in my life could go completely awry in my eyes and completely in a direction that would greatly sadden me or whatever, right? Depending on what those choices were, but it does not change me and it does not change my relationship with God. It does not change my relationship with the savior. And that really, that culmination of everything that we're saying with that is spiritual self-reliance, which we totally. feel is like a whole topic in and of itself, which we very well may have happened yes <laughs> in a coming episode yes. um, but it's really really important that we we stay grounded for ourselves and there's another great talk that I'll reference that we will put in the show notes 
And this one is by Elder David A. Bednar, um, just recently, April 2019. The talk is called Prepared to Obtain Every Needful Thing. Read the entire article or watch it. You can watch it, listen to it, read it. But he talks about how each of us are responsible for our own spiritual strength and stamina. And he Mm -hmm. talks about it in a way, the way that he eloquently, eloquently describes and articulates these truths surrounding this concept that pierce my soul, that make me feel stronger. It makes me feel, going back to what we're talking about, that anyone in my life that I care deeply about could go in a completely opposite direction and I'm still okay. I am okay because of my personal faith. And, and I want to just reiterate, you know, along those lines, if you happen to be someone who's listening and you feel like you wish that you had that kind of spiritual strength, this was a journey. This is a journey. Yeah. Becky and I both individually feel like we're in good places spiritually and that's fine, but we have a long ways to go. We're in, we're in the middle. We're in the thick of the journey that doesn't actually end. It's it ongoing. It's well, a story that keeps on going and there's constant learning. There's constant growth. We've both had peaks and valleys. We both mm-hmm. have had questions and concerns and doubts and strengths and wonderful findings on our own. And, and that's the up and down and the bumpy road. That is a spiritual journey, a journey of faith. And it's the most beautiful thing. I think that sometimes we have not, I won't even say doubts. I will say questions. Yeah. Yeah. Questions is a better word for me. We have questions and I think it scares us. I think we're like, Whoa, I have a question. Uh Oh, what is everything? The whole house is coming tumbling down because I have a question. Yeah. No questions are okay. Questions are great. Question. I love that. Questions, questions are great. Are good. Yeah. Because it allows us to work and to seek and to, to search for that truth. I heard, um, I'm sure everyone's heard this, but it, it's an analogy of like your spirituality is not, it, it's like an escalator. If you're not actively working, you're actually slipping down, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not actively trying to make steps forward, you're actually, without knowing, stepping back. Mm. And I'll tell you, there have been times in my life where I have gotten complacent and where I've totally. been busy or distracted yeah, with me too. great things. Mm-hmm. Those things like being a mom, being a wife, being whatever. And I get away from doing the check-ins. I need to just the same way like if you have a friend and you just don't put time into that relationship, like you have to repair it. And there has, you know, sometimes there's distance and you have to kind of learn to talk to each other again. And and I've totally had times in my life, probably a hundred times, and I'll have a hundred more where I get complacent and I forget to do those things that I have set up in my life to maintain my relationship with Heavenly Father, to continually seek out, seek out the truth. And those things can be so simple. They don't have to be complicated. Do you have, okay. So tell us, what do you do back in your life to like, to get off the escalator, to like, you know, to keep your, keep yourself moving forward so that you're not getting complacent. So complacency is definitely a struggle that I've had my whole life, like up, down, up, down, up, down, and not like extreme, you know, like I, I don't think that I've ever, um, turned a corner that took me down a path that was like super dangerous and life threatening. Um, but complacency is something that I've thought about a lot because I understand the danger in that because I might be coasting through life and have a season of like, you know what? Things are pretty good. We're all healthy. Work's going good. We're all well, blah, 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 blah. I go to church every Sunday. Well, going to church every Sunday is great, right? It's a first step. It is definitely a great thing. But it's not the only step. Going to church every Sunday isn't 
what defines my personal faith Mm -hmm. in Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful thing. And I would never intentionally want to ever skip church. So to answer your question, I think that some of those small steps are those little things that don't seem like a big deal are exactly what matter the most. So for me, that includes going to church every Sunday. I love church. I love church, not just because I love the people that surround me, but I don't go for the people. I go for myself and because of my relationship with God and with the savior, I go to strengthen that, that bond. Someone might argue, well, you can just pray. And yes, I do also think that we should be praying every day, many times a day, Mm -hmm. but going to church and bonding and connecting with others as we worship, as we sing songs of faith, as we share testimony, we learn learn. here and we learn together and we're, we're presented, you know, we have a Sunday school where we do a scripture study together and I find so much value in the thoughts of insights, experiences, because then I can sift through and, and decide what I think. And I can explore my thoughts and feelings about, about different gospel topics. Absolutely. And when I go to church and I know you do this too, but I, you just will not see me sitting in church without my notebook in my lap, pen in my hand, notebook Mm -hmm. open, fresh page, new start. And it isn't about taking notes on everything that whoever's speaking. It's not at all. And in fact, if you look back at my notes, Oftentimes, it literally will have nothing to do with what Correct. someone's talking about. I know, isn't that awesome? I love the act of, and, and Becky, I don't know like when I actually started doing this. I've always like taken notes, but every Sunday, like it has become, as I have made that like a habit, mm-hmm. it has become like, I have to have my notebook. Like, yeah. I know it I feels weird not to. And I, I don't have my notebook. Well, like, and the thing I is, love is it. you think you're going to remember Mm-hmm. And, and really the thing about these nudges and these promptings and these impressions is when they happen in the moment, yeah. they happen in the moment for a reason. You felt it right then. And it's going to probably feel different later. Mm-hmm. Maybe once in a while, there's something that's so profound. You can never shake it mm-hmm. and you could never forget. But for the most part, at least for me sitting in church on a typical Sunday, mm-hmm. I write down things that I can look back at two weeks later and go, I don't know. I don't even remember that thought coming into my mind. Right. And that's, that's to me. I feel God working through me Mm -hmm. and I show symbolically and literally my openness to him and to the insights that come from him by having that pen in my hand and that notebook in my lap because I'm ready to write the impressions that I receive. Well, like, have you ever tried to talk to one of your kids and they're like looking at their phone? And uh, you're like, oh, and hey, just everyday I have life. something to tell you. Oh, yeah. Are you, hello? Are you ready? Hello. Are you ready? I'm not going to tell you if you're not going to listen. It's kind of that whole thing, right? Like, <laughs> totally. Put if the I'm phone not down. paying attention, which let's be honest, the greatest thing about church is that I can't be cleaning my house or folding laundry or calling a family member or like literally I'm sitting there with nothing else to do but to focus on like the nudgings and, and thoughts of my heart about heavenly father. Right. Like it right. is almost like forced spiritual stillness. It's awesome. And it is <laughs> the best. It's awesome. And really, you know, I've told my kids this all their lives and it's something that I believe so much. We don't go to church to be entertained. We should not no. be showing up waiting for someone else to like spiritually fill our cup. There you go. That's not like, what it is. This is like a self-serve station. This is not like a put in your order and Mm -hmm. get a spiritual milkshake and be on your way. That's not. (laughs) Well, and I'll say too, I sit with my open notebook when I go to other churches in different faiths and I feel just as much. Absolutely. Insights and promptings. Anywhere you are, wherever you are at any time, 
you are going to be filled with things that are for you specifically and individually at that time for a reason. And I really believe this, but I believe that we need to be open to it. We have to want that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was saying is that I tell my kids is like, we don't go to church to be entertained, but also what you get out of church is totally up to you. You and I can sit and listen to the same member of the congregation, get up there and and speak or share their testimony or, or share a piece of their journey or their faith or whatever. But what you pull out and what I pull out are specifically for us to really feel. And also we're going to, you know, receive promptings and nudges that have nothing to do with what they're saying at all. Right. Right. So that's kind of a long answer to your question. And that was just about church. I love going to church. I love it so, so much. I, I want to, you know, on that note, I just really want to express that if any of you are curious or interested in attending a church that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. When you go to comeuntochrist.org, there's a little icon right there that says, right. find a find, church. Find a church. Find a church. And literally there are thousands upon thousands in every country, all around the world. No matter where mm-hmm. you are, there's a congregation that is meeting probably down the street or in the next town over. Yeah. And you don't have to be a member of the church to go. We welcome you. We invite you. Show up. You will have people smile at you and introduce themselves and welcome you into church. Go to church. And go to church. I think sometimes the act of going to church is an act of faith. Like sometimes. Listen, let's all just the time. call a spade a spade. <laughs> so it's hard. There are Sundays where I know, I know I love church. I love God. And I'm telling you like, getting there is a test of faith. It is a test of like, are you still with me? Like, you know what I mean? If I've <laughs> I had do. a hard week or I know the hardest part for me is if like, we've had a crazy week and we haven't had like our Saturday, like regroup Sundays are a struggle because I want to stay home and clean my house and get us ready for the week. And like, and, and going to church is that action. Like it's a very literal action of faith. Right? Like it's putting yourself in a position to be like, I'm here. You know, I'm here and I'm ready. Here's what I want to emphasize. You just said putting ourselves in the position. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. You might have a Sunday where you just don't feel like it. You, I'm talking to you, right? Mm -hmm. You who is a faithful member of a church and has a strong you have strong faith, a strong foundation, yada, yada, yada. But you might have a Sunday where you're like, I just don't feel it. And you can choose to go to church, which you do. You choose to go to church and you may not actually even feel anything awesome in those couple of hours that you were at church. Mm -hmm. Was it still worth going to church? Always. Okay. But why? If you didn't get anything out of it specifically, do you know where I'm going with this? I don't, but okay. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I, what I would think would be an answer is that because I was there, because I showed up, you showed up, I showed up, you showed up. And that is where I'm going with that is that like, even if that specific prayer that we offered on our knees by our bedside in private didn't feel answered, even if we go to church and we didn't feel this amazing spiritual experience, the angels didn't, the angels didn't show up, the answer to your right. prayers right yes. then and there. So my point is, is that, and again, this circles back to the question that you asked is that repetition and consistency mm-hmm. and diligence are huge. What is the thing you say about momentum? Um, momentum Oh no, consistency, consistency breeds, breeds momentum. momentum. And sometimes the miracle in life, I was actually talking to Jameson about this last night 
It, he, he, Jameson's 12, 13. Yeah. He's just about 13. He'll be 13 next week. And he has ADHD. We've talked about that. And he actually, um, has been struggling with a little bit of anxiety, um, related to that. And he, I share that because he's very open in sharing with that. And we were having a conversation and he said to me, mom, I have prayed so many nights because he gets nauseous when he gets really anxious. I've prayed so many nights to not be nauseous and to not feel like I'm going to throw up. And he said, is God even answering my prayers? And I laid there and I said, Jameson, how many times do you think you've said that prayer? And he said, a thousand at least. And I said, buddy, how many times have you thrown up? And he said, once. And actually it was the night we went to Magic Mountain, probably roller coaster related, <laughs> but not even anxiety. <laughs> but we were, we were talking about it and it was such a testimony builder to me because I was talking to him about, about how Heavenly Father answers our prayers. And the miracle of that wasn't that he was devoid of pain or devoid of anxiety. The miracle is, and the answer is, is that he was able to, to work through it, that he was able to keep going, right? Totally. And, and I think that is so, in my life, how I have seen God's hand. It's not that it's devoid of trials or heartache or I'm totally fulfilled and I'm a thousand percent like sure of my worth at all moments. It's not that. It's that I'm able to go from imperfect moment and keep moving. Mm-hmm. It's that I'm able to experience things and have just enough of it taken away so that I am able to move forward. And, and your perspective on those experiences that are less than desirable is changed, I would Mm-hmm. vouch to say yeah. very different than before you had a more clear understanding of yeah. the gospel of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. in the way that you do now. Because I thought if you are, if you devote yourself and your family to like serving God and going to church and reading your scriptures, that that A plus B equals C, which is a life devoid of pain and a life that is wholly fulfilling at all times and you're going to find a perfect spouse and have great children because I mean if you're a religious person that's and how you're it's all going to work perfect then you're going to have perfect children right and that's that's just false not, that's not how false it is to all of that and thank goodness because where is the growth in that journey that's right right where that's right I have been able to have several opportunities. <laughs> She's saying this with a huge <laughs> smile on her face and maybe also right? wants to puke. <laughs> yes. Several opportunities to uh. like really have to examine my self-worth and, and the thoughts I have about myself as like a being of light and as a child of God. Like I've had to really examine that and, and come to a place where I'm grounded in my own self-worth individually of any external validator or anything else. Totally. You know totally. what I mean? Oh, I do. Okay. So let me, let me take what you're talking about examination and let me pull in a part of my, my journey. I'd um, love to hear it. Your, your journey is, I, I almost feel like your journey feels like more of a story. Like this is what happened. And then this happened. And then I was baptized. It's just compressed. It's a little bit more like like compressed into, yeah, yeah. it's, it's compressed into what feels like a story. Mm -hmm. And, and Becky and I, we've said this at the top of the show and we totally talk about this off, off air, um, is that 
you know, everybody's journey is so unique and different and it is ours. And so as I was thinking about how my story, it might feel less of a story, like with the beginning, middle and end, but right. like we said, there's no end PS mm-hmm. also, right. um, but also, you but know, your conversion happened over a lifetime. It did. My conversion happened differently. Mm-hmm. And so I want to share something that was really pivotal for me in my own personal journey, because I was, I was born into a family where my parents were already members of this church. And so, you know, when you're born into a religious a religiously established family already, it just seems like things are just kind of automatic. Well, in some ways, traditions and, you know, culturally speaking and rituals and habits and church attendance or scripture reading, things like that. Yeah, they're already kind of established. And so that makes it easier, I say with air quotes, well, and in I some ways. It makes it easier because all those things that you just mentioned, I totally had. I just got to a place where I was like not totally I thought that there was more you know what I mean yeah. and I and I I felt that there was a little bit of a void in yeah. that and so mm-hmm. I will say yes all everything you said but I think the fact that you also from a very young age recognized truth in in what you were learning also plays a huge part into that absolutely and that's part of um my journey that's actually part of what I will share is in our church, the youth are, you know, between ages 12 and 18, you're part of the youth program, probably like many churches, yep, yep. right? Like it's the youth program. Well, for all of the young women that are ages 12 to 18, there has been for decades this program called the Personal Progress Program. It's actually it's almost as if Heavenly Father wants us to go on a journey <laughs> and continually progress. It's almost, almost as if, if someone has a plan. I really believe that every human on the face of the planet should have a personal progress program in their life. For sure. Right? Like it's just, you know, you can call it what you want. But anyway, that's been the name for decades. Um, but the personal progress outline really involved values that were foundational for me. So they, at the time that I was growing up, they were, and still are, but they've added one sense, but faith, divine nature, individual worth, knowledge, choice, and accountability, good works and integrity. Okay. These were like the, the foundational core values that they wanted us as young women to really implement. But the whole point of it was about your personal progress. And I, I share this because even though I felt like I had faith from a young age and I thank my parents for their examples and their traditions born with a certain amount of faith of absolutely. I think we all, I believe that too. A little bit of like something, something it's as if we knew before we came here. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so that foundation of these principles and these values really, really started playing a role on a very personal level in terms of my conversion when I couldn't tell you what age I was, but probably high school, when I was getting to high school, late middle school, early high school, and those weekend parties were like flaring up, right? And drinking was like a thing. And my, you know, I grew up in Maryland and I'm not saying like this is regional, towns, but. Though, like that is a little oh, bit more because there's nothing else to do. I don't know. Right? <laughs> I don't know what was in the water, but. Or in the bottle. (laughs) Or in the bottle. (laughs) I don't want to make light of it. But, you know, a lot of my peers were really diving into that culture. And they were drinking. And alcohol, specifically, not water. (laughs) They were drinking water. That would have been fine. It wasn't Italian soda. Dang it. Uh, Anyway, so. um, Because, I mean, that's the greatest idea. Let's take the most insecure people on the planet and give them alcohol and see what happens. I know, right? I just, anyway, to each their own on that. But my personal experience with that is 
you know, I was, I was the no girl. No, thank you. I was invited to a few parties. No, thank you. No, thanks. You know, or I was offered alcohol and it was, no, I'm good. Thanks. And then I started getting not invited, which was totally fine. But I also started getting teased and I started, um, being a little bit shamed. I don't say a lot cause I'm not going to make up a story that isn't true. I was just a little bit shamed by right. my peers who were making fun and teasing and, um, basically saying, well, that sucks for you. Like that you're missing out on this life of being drunk. Like <laughs> talking As someone about it who has been like- drunk pre-baptism, you're not missing out on much. <laughs> That's what I hear. <laughs> if you want to just spin around as fast as you can and then barf, it's about the same experience. Just so you know. Okay. So here's the point of that. Here's the thing is that specifically people would say, well, you can't do that. And I'm not talking about just drinking. They would take things that they knew about my core values and they would say, well, you can't do that. And so I'm going to go back to that the- almost reminds me of like that scripture we were sharing in Matthew 22, though, with the Pharisees of like, well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what's up. Right. Ugh. Right. I know. It kind of <laughs> makes you Ugh. feel a little nauseous, right? Yes. Well, here's the thing. As a 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old, I, I took that challenge because I felt challenged and I took it to heart and I asked myself, so this is where it gets really personal. This is where it's not about what my family thinks right. I should or shouldn't do. This is me going, wait, they're telling me that I can't drink. But hold on. I, I actually can drink. Mm-hmm. I actually have agency and so do they. So I took that as self-examination. I took it to prayer. I mm-hmm. took it to reading scriptures and, and really um, uplifting articles about all of these topics. And yeah. I understood at that age as a teenager that this beautiful gift of agency is like the greatest thing ever. And I knew, and I still know this, and I wish everyone knew this, I knew and I know that I'm a child of God. And I know that as a daughter of God, that, that I'm better than that, that I don't want that. That's not, and I don't mean better than like I'm better than anyone. What I mean is that's not the choice that I want for myself because what I want for my life doesn't involve things that are harmful to me. Well, and I love that you said when you're talking about being better than that, I I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm almost hearing, um, is that you're better than blindly following either way. That's a better way to put it. You're better than like, I'm just going to do this because all my friends are doing it or that I'm just going to never I'm just going to abstain because my parents said so. Right. Like, I love that you really examined like well, do I want to drink? Like, is that something I want? Do I feel like that honors me? And is that something that I want to do? Right. I love that. I love that you did that because I think that that decision to not is so much more meaningful than had you have just like fallen into, I I just won't. I very much could just blindly follow any, anyone at any time. Any of us could. And that was the point of me sharing that is not to say that my experience is better than anyone else's because I chose as a teenager to not drink alcohol. That's not even the point of the story. The point is spiritual self-reliance. The point is that I took it upon myself to go, wait, am I just choosing to not do something that is harmful because my parents said so, because my church leader said so, because, you know, there's guidance that I'm reading about, like what, what is my reason? What's Mm -hmm. my intention? And so that line upon line, upon line, upon line. And my whole life has been like this running theme. 
which is that spiritual self-reliance of examining. We go back to several minutes ago when we were talking about questioning. I had questions. I had questions and I wanted to know. And the reason I wanted to know was because I had a desire to cultivate a good life, to be honest. That's what I wanted in my life. I wanted to have a good life. And so I was going to ask the questions that would bring me to the point of understanding why I was making certain choices Mm -hmm. and what that was going to lead to. And so, you know, that was pivotal for me because then from that point on, I really feel like I started taking ownership and the choices I was making that were related to positioning myself, positioning myself in places and in scenarios and with peers and friends and with habits and rituals and choices that I was making that would put me in that place of being more receptive to what I felt God wanted for my life. That Mm -hmm. was it. It's not really much more convoluted than that. That's pretty much what was the pivotal and foundational part of my personal faith and journey. And you asked about, you know, what, what are some of the choices that I'm making that kind of keep me, keep you in momentum, keep me in momentum. And I, I just wanted to add to that and, and tell you that I absolutely feel the difference in my life when I am doing better with my choices and when I'm not. And when I'm not, it usually looks like complacency. So for example, to paint a picture, I, I can go through a season of just being pretty lazy about prayers, saying my prayers and reading scriptures and simple, simple things that could take 10 minutes a day, but yeah. I just get lazy. And the difference that I feel in my life from a season like that, when I say season, I could mean a week, I could mean several weeks, I could mean several months, but that season and how different it feels from when I am consistently working toward those small things that bring me closer to my savior. It's so palpable. And I feel such a huge difference that I need to spell it out by saying, I know better for myself. I know better. The same and way so, you wouldn't go eat four Big Macs because you're going to feel sick. Because like, I you know, know how better I'm going to feel. than to do that, yes, right? Correct. And so when we get in these patterns, and and my complacency is interesting. You talk about like, oh, it just takes ten minutes because sometimes my complacency looks like going to church but not really being open. Totally. Or maybe I do read my scriptures, but I'm just reading words on a page, and you're not really to check like the box. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Checking boxes feels freaking awesome. I mean, sure does. It, you want to check it <laughs> off and say, well, I did it. I did this and I did this and I did this, but yep. I'm still not yielding the results because right. there's no seeking in like reading words on a reading page. words right. on a page so no, I can check the box, but still doing the action is doing still good. It's yeah, still good, it's still for good. Sure, because that action can breathe the momentum, which we're talking about. Yes. But I also want to say on that note of what we're both talking about is that I, I've experienced, and I know you have too, too many miracles to ever walk away from what I know to be true. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I also know that no one is immune. No one is immune to falling away from their faith. No Mm -hmm. one is. And so I would never be, I never want to be that person who's like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. I, I am faithful. I honor my faith. Mm -hmm. I know who God is. I know who I am and I'm set check the box. I'm good. I can never be that person because I know all too well that that is what leads to complacency, which we keep talking about. Yep. Um, and, and so that is why I want to use my agency every single day to stay the course and to be faithful and to try to live my life in a way that I feel is in alignment with God's will. Well, and not doing it from a place of fear. 
No, I feel never, like never. Growing up, I had a really fearful image of God. Mm. And I almost felt like, and I'm not saying like it was because of my religion. Like it probably was just something inside of me, to be honest. It was probably a way that Satan was trying to attack me. Like we know fear is not of God. Fear is not something that God gives you. And so um, as I came to like really form a relationship and know Heavenly Father, I was like, dude, he is not looking for evidence to keep me out of heaven. Like this, he's not like, oh, I caught you doing that. Like he's all he's, he's looking for evidence of my goodness. And when I give him the opportunity, he points my goodness out to me. And I'm able to like, just have that momentum. Like you said, like the goodness and the things heavenly father teaches me about who I am. And when he tells me good job and when, when I have that relationship and I have those feelings of like peace and happiness because of the things I'm doing, it multiplies. And I think we get sometimes fearful about that. Like we could never be enough. We could never, sure. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to be whatever, but he is not looking for evidence of your bad parts. No, he's looking for ways to pour his blessings yes. down on us. Literally, I feel that as mm-hmm. total truth is that he is looking for reasons to just keep giving us all this stuff that he has stored up ready to just like rain down on our yes. heads. He just wants us to want that. He just wants us to want that. Well, and not only want, but an important part of that is you have to ask. You have to ask and you have to And act. I imagine, yeah. I imagine God and, you know, sitting there, like with this whole huge bin of awesome to pour down on us. Hmm. And he's like, come on, just ask. (laughs) I have awesome things for you, but you have to ask. Like, I want to show you all this stuff, but you have to ask. Like, I need you to ask. Do you know what I mean? That's got to be frustrating. It's got to be really frustrating. (laughs) Because when my kids, when I have answers and they don't ask me or don't want Uh them, you're like, I don't like that. I have so much to give you. I'm like, but you don't, what? (laughs) And so I think asking is so crucial. I have learned to break it down and to ask like for every little thing. Like I try not to be like, get in my head too much about, well, does this warrant really a prayer to have? He could not be concerned with this. Like for me, it's so much better to err on the other side of like, just like when my kids get in the car, I want them to tell me every detail of their school day. And when they don't, it sort of makes me a little sad, to be honest with you. And I don't just want to hear the good parts. I want to hear the good and the bad and the ugly and your thoughts and your dreams and your fears and your hopes. And when you break it down, Heavenly Father is our dad. He is a dad who wants to know about your day. He wants to know about your school day. And so tell him, ask him, tell him the good, the bad, ask for anything you can think of ask for direction. Like we, I think we hold back because of like out of, out of a place of maybe respect that has a tinge of fear in it of like what he's willing to like engage with us about. And the most peace I find in my life is when I include him in every detail, in every detail that might even seem dumb to some other people. There's just not a detail that doesn't matter to him. Exactly. There's nothing he doesn't care about. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And even if it just gets you in that place of communication, because then it becomes a real relationship. It doesn't become like a short order cook. It becomes, this really sucks and I'm struggling and I don't even know what to say right now, but I just need help or, 
or look at what happened. Like, that's so cool. Thank you. You know, just every little thing, it becomes a real relationship Mm -hmm. instead of like this kind of distant, like theological thing. Do you know what I'm saying? It becomes a friendship. And so you want your relationship with him to be real. Correct. And I, I just can't agree with you more with the way that you articulated all of that. And I will also add that just when you feel gratitude in your life, make sure that you add that also. He wants to hear that you're grateful. I feel like the more I express gratitude and the more that I am trying to do his will, the more he wants to give me. And I don't mean like there's contingencies. Yeah, it's, a give and take. It's, not, it's not that. It's more of just like, I think yeah. it goes back to the word we've been using several times, which is openness. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep my heart wide open to him because I care a whole lot more about what he thinks of me than than you. I love you, but still, right? right? I feel the same way. <laughs> or my husband right. or my Instagram followers or our listeners. Like I, I, I care what other people think, but really what I care about is am I on the path that he has for me. Am I fulfilling my purpose? Am I doing what I am supposed to be doing in my every day, but also is my life taking the direction that it's supposed to? Mm -hmm. Am I helping the people that I need to help? And the reason why that's more important to me than I love you, sweet Becky, but your opinion is because when I am on that path, when I have, when I'm open and I give my life to him and I say, I'm willing to do whatever, take every part of me and like show me what to do when I do that when I totally align in the big and in the small I have peace and happiness Mm -hmm. that's it when I do that I have peace and happiness and when I don't even if I have the approval of my family and the world and whoever else that is it's not just pales in comparison the Mm -hmm. peace is not there which goes back to it is that singular relationship. I don't need anyone else to know that it's true or the things that I need to do. I don't need anyone else to support me. I don't need anyone else to think that it's what I should do because I know it's what I should do. And you've experienced the disapproval of people very, very close to you. Totally. And I've experienced the disapproval of people very, very close to me, but in different ways. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily religiously, yeah. Or faith-based, but that disapproval from other people just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It's hard. It's, but it of doesn't course matter. it's hard, yeah. but it doesn't matter when you are grounded in your relationship with a loving heavenly father who is totally cheering you on. For sure. Like you said, he's looking for evidence to remind you that you're awesome and that you have divine that. nature. You yes. are divine. We, we really should wrap up the conversation. Although truthfully, we could talk about this for seven <laughs> to 10 days well, straight. You ready? Cause should we just do a marathon? We could keep going right. for another few hours. We could set a Guinness book of world records for longest <laughs> podcast episode you know what? of Is all time. Ooh, we should look into that because I have no doubt that you and Don't I Don't even get compete. me started oh because I've already designed the t-shirt in my head just in the four point three seconds we've mentioned it. Oh my it. gosh. She guys, she's literally going to look that up. Okay. Here's what I, I would like us to do. What's As that? we wrap up the conversation, I would like to remind everyone that's listening that even though we are girls who love checklists and tangible takeaways and things like that, what's more important to us is that you pay really close attention to the things that you have felt personally. We aren't going to tell you what to feel. Of course not. Like that's not our job, but there's been a lot. There's been a lot of sharing 
um, I dare say we were, were quite gutsy and vulnerable to share the way we have because religion can be, religion and faith can be a touchy subject for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That is where I think we are with our faith is that it's okay with us if you don't like the messages that we're sharing. It's okay with us because it doesn't affect our faith. Mm-hmm. We simply want to share light. And it doesn't affect our love for you. No. Like, honestly, we share this with all the love in our hearts because in our life, like, not our life, we're not married, but in my <laughs> life and Rebecca's <laughs> life, like, we, this is how I find peace and happiness and joy. When we talk about self-help and being empowered as a woman and having direction and and strength and being able to fulfill your purpose like this is such a crucial part of how I'm empowered in my life it's everything not just that I know that I'm awesome because people tell me I'm awesome and I feel awesome but like how I deeply know at the core of my being that if everyone else thinks I suck how I know I'm awesome like this is this is what it is this this singular relationship I have with God is what sets the tone for everything else in my life Everything else. Everything. It is, as we said at the very beginning, the most foundational part of who we are as human beings individually. And it is everything to us. The Savior, Jesus Christ, is everything to us. He is absolutely central in in everything. But going back to what we were saying at the beginning and what I feel impressed to share is you have your own journey of faith. And we honor that. We think it's amazing. And wherever you are with that, the two things that I feel impressed to share are number one, make sure you're writing it down. That's what I have felt for myself personally recently is that I haven't written down like this streamlined series of events of like, here's kind of where my faith comes from. And I fear that a lot of us will put off doing something so important because we think it has to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be a big or deal. Or we're waiting for the end. Or we're waiting for we're something waiting pivotal for the to happen. perfect faith and the yeah. perfect ending to the story. Totally. It's not about that. It's, it's about the journey. About that. It is about the journey and also something is better than nothing and imperfect is better than nothing. Imperfect is awesome. In fact, yeah. In fact, I caught myself as I I was saying that going, that's not even the right words because it is supposed to be imperfect. So please take a moment, take 25 minutes when you have it, when you create it, cultivate that chunk of time to just sit at your computer perhaps, and just write down your story of faith. And the other thing I feel impressed to say is, you know, Becky and I were talking about our notebooks being open in church and not even just in church, all the time. Every day. <laughs> we invite you to to take any impression, no matter what it looks like, no matter if it has anything to do with anything that Becky or I have said in this past hour, write it down. Jot down the impression that you're having. Jot down the nudge that you're feeling. Jot down whatever that is so that you don't let that go. Because our brains yeah. just can't possibly retain everything yep. that comes in and goes out. So just don't doubt the nudge. Yeah. Don't doubt the nudge because you never know heavenly father's plan. And those nudges, I have been nudged to do some pretty (laughs) crazy things Mm -hmm. that have turned out to be really, really amazing. Yeah. Hence you're listening to a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hence the reason we are on air right now. Preach. I know it's so true. Um, that's what we invite you to do. And I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that, but I just wanted to kind of tie a bow on that thought to just remind you to do not ever downplay your own experiences. 
the journey, like mm-hmm. we said, is just never complete, but don't let that be an excuse to not write things down and record this for yourself. And honestly, to help your loved ones, maybe parents or grandparents or people that you love, especially as they're getting older and we just never know when our days are ended here on earth, like everyone that we love around us should also be writing their stories of faith, whatever they are. Yeah. Um, so I think that's just, that's what I wanted to share as we wrap up. And I wanted to also reiterate that something Becky, you said earlier is we're, we're open people and we, we feel so much peace and safety and surety and love in our lives because of our foundational and core faith. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're on Instagram, you know, where to find us feel free to reach out to either one of us anytime if you have questions. And if we don't have all the answers, because certainly that's not what we're supposed to, we're not the right. ones that are supposed to have all the answers, but as a friend, because we're your friends, as a friend, feel free to reach out if you are wondering about anything. Nothing's a stupid question. We know that you'd be asking in, mm-hmm. in curiosity and in respect, and we'll respond. We're both responsive on Instagram. Totally. So DM us, send us a message, and my goodness, if you're in the Arizona area, we'd love to have you come to church with us too. <laughs> come hang with us. Come on and hang out with us in the congregation. Right. Anyway, okay, any other closing thoughts back? I just wanted to say that if you are feeling any feelings of fear, remember where that fear comes from. It's because not from it's God. not from God. Yeah. He doesn't want you to be afraid. God wants us to be strong and empowered and happy despite the circumstances of our life that for sure won't be perfect remember that your spiritual journey is yours alone. You as an individual child of God, not your families, not your parents, not your spouses. It is you. It's you and the Lord. And do not be afraid to strengthen that relationship and to be open um, to allowing that to grow, that little seed of faith to grow. Because it has brought me more happiness in my life amongst a myriad of trials and imperfect circumstances more than anything else ever could. We sure love you guys. We love you so much. Okay. We'll be with you next week. Bye-bye. something today and I literally had to go get your son and say interpret these instructions for me did he figure it out of course he did why in fact he always figures things out why do you have to be so smart what buddy what? why you gotta be so smart okay um you want to say something can you say it over here I'm going to recommend this yeah please recommend a little closer to the microphone recommend us crew uh, What's your recommendation? No one would uh, no one would have to be here because like it there it would have to be empty. Yeah. But um, if you leave the door open, there would be no echoing. Mm. Why is that? Can you, you explain so? to me the science behind that? Yeah. How would that work? Closed doors equals echo because it's has nowhere to escape. Question. Oh. <laughs> hmm. Thanks, buddy. Also, will you give me a ride in your private jet when you have one? Yes. Because I'm certain <laughs> you will.